This is one of those episodes that needs no introduction. The legend Chris Spieler and his sidekick Doug Zacharis. Now, many of you know Chris from his multiple appearances at the CrossFit Games, Spirit of the Games Award, and from numerous other competitions around the world. He was also a longtime member of the CrossFit seminar crew, and he is one badass coach. In fact, we'll talk about how we attended our level two together all the way back in 2008. And for those of you that don't know Zug Zakaris, he is currently a flow master on the CrossFit seminar staff, which means like Chris, he's a badass coach and he's been at it for quite some time. He left his job as a vice principal in the education industry to become a full-time coach. And we talk a lot about that on this episode, what it takes to become a full-time coach, to be on seminar staff. And of course, we talked to Chris a little bit about his games appearances and Doug and Chris interacting are just so humorous, so funny. You'll have to listen in because Doug has some quick one-liners and he's a very quiet about them, but they are hysterical. So I'm excited for you guys to listen to this. This was a fun interview and it's just an indication of where this podcast is going. Best hour of their day. Check out the website, besthouroftheirday.com with some cool free downloads on it. And please like, subscribe, and leave us a review on Instagram and on Apple Podcasts. Here we go. Chris Spieler, Doug Zacharis. Sounds good. All right, we're live. I'm here with Doug and Chris Spieler. So welcome, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Uh, I usually do a little bit of an introduction ahead of time, so that'll already have been done. And people, for the most part, know who you guys are. You guys are on the Icon podcast, so they know they know Chris from maybe the games and some a few other things. But Doug, how would people know you? Uh, I don't think people would know me. <laughs> they know you from Doug has been a judge at the CrossFit Games, no wow. repping, yeah. high profile That's athletes a, since 2013. Is that sure? Yep. He's also been a member of CrossFit Park City <laughs> for the past decade. Is coaching. he just a, is he a Founder member? Of, is he a member or coach? Well, not anymore. I mean, technically, technically, we let our coaches be, you know, their membership's free. Yeah. So, Doug gets a free membership now. I don't. I, he started you know, as a member. Our ten, our ten listeners on the podcast might know me. Seminars. Yeah. yeah. I think I think Doug. You know, it's tough when you attach yourself or you know partner up with someone whose nickname is the icon. It's hard to yeah, <laughs> the legend himself. <laughs> Whatever people love icon because of this guy, not because of me. Everyone's always like, Doug's great. Where's Doug? <laughs> yeah, sure. They do. Let me take a picture with Doug or get an autograph from Doug or okay. How many ask times Doug how tall he is? Or how many times have you been in level one or two and someone's walked up and been like, Oh, you're Doug. Has that I, happened? Yes, it's happened. Yeah, it's happened. See? I sent you a text not too long ago actually where the participant asked about you specifically, Doug. I'm you pretty famous. This guy, right? There, right <laughs> exactly. There. Yeah. So, you, know, you know, this podcast is all about coaching. So since you mentioned that Doug started off as a member, is that how it began with Doug at the box at CrossFit Park City? Well, I mean, you can I I vaguely remember you can shed light on this, but I remember the first time Doug kind of poked his head in the door 
I was about to do Fran with a weight vest on, and I think he was a little nervous. I remember the day specifically. It was yeah. in uh, November, and I had gone backcountry skiing that day. Oh, wow. And I heard you guys on the radio. We live in a small town, fairly small. And there was a – Chris was on our local community radio station talking about how CrossFit Park City was happening and having a grand opening thing. And I was wow. working out at the rec center, just our local community center, which is where Chris started the gym. Yep. And I had seen those guys in there always running around like idiots, taking yeah. all the dumbbells and swinging the dumbbells <laughs> is, when I needed them. Is that where you did the, it was like about a two minute friend, Chris? Is that, yes, that, that was it. That yeah, video the of, the, of him doing but, uh, butterfly pull-ups on the, um, that like pull through. Mm-hmm. Right. There was like cable crossover. It had, cable crossover. it had the break in the pull-up bar. Yeah. yeah exactly. Not by choice. It's all yeah. we had. So I had seen them there and then stopped in. Chris was, as he mentioned, getting ready to do Fran in a weight vest, came up yeah. to shake my hand with like chalky, mangled hands. <laughs> Chris's hands are like the grossest thing on the planet. <laughs> They're like, they call like peeling and gross. Not that bad. They're actually pretty good right now. And so he shook my hand and I was like, oh, what's wrong with this guy? <laughs> and he did Fran wicked fast. I was like, I don't know if this is for me. I gave him, uh, there was like a sign-up sheet there, oh, and I right. had two phone numbers, one for work and one for my real phone. I gave you the work phone. I remember it rang. I was like, oh, gosh. <laughs> like, you were, me like you were meeting a girl. You didn't want to get <laughs> Yeah, I was like, leave me alone. Yeah. Leave me alone. You called and left me a message, and I, and I decided I wanted to do it and showed up. The rest is history. Yeah. So, Doug, when you see that happening, though, does it even make sense how fit that is? Like how- No. No, I remember, and this is going to sound like kind of creepy and weird, but I'm okay with it, <laughs> is I remember seeing, you know, Chris, I don't know if you had a shirt on or not. I don't know. But you definitely had a weight vest on. I did. And you're getting yeah. ready to do Fran. And like, I could see your legs and, and like when you squatted down, I could see your hamstring. And I was like, what, <laughs> what is what that? Is that? <laughs> like, what? That guy got like an alien on his hamstrings. What's wrong with that guy's legs? <laughs> and I didn't realize, you know, how silly it was and how fit Chris was until, you know, I threw down my first 11 and a half minute Fran or something like that. <laughs> what was your first workout? Was it still like that modified Helen? I think my first work- CrossFit workout was, nice. yeah. was, uh, was Diane. Oh, was it Diane? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we threw we, you in a fire. We did. In There's your, in no the, way Doug did 45 handstand push-ups. In his I think, oh, well, I not, like, in a, not in a day, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who does that in a day? You're good at that stuff, though. It, um, you know, we did a little intro workout yeah. where I front squatted, and I was like, this is the worst thing ever. Oh, I breathe. <laughs> yeah, and tried to overhead squat, and that was horrible. But then yeah. my actual, I have a logbook. Which is so cool. And it's. I looked at it just the other day and the first workout I have in there is like a modified Diane with less weight, wow. knees on a box, handstand pushups. And I think it took me like nine minutes. That's so cool. Do I you- also have a filthy 50 time in there of like 42 minutes. minutes. <laughs> that, that was one of the first, that it was like the dirty, the dirty 30, the dirty, you know, like the dirty dozen and you were back on dot com. Oh. This is probably like 2006 or seven. That was one of the first videos I saw. I was like, I can do this. You did it in like 13 minutes. And I, I do it in the Globo gym before I opened my first box. And it was like 45 minutes later. I was like, <laughs> this 
What happened? What happened? I'm How did done. they do that? It must be some video trickery. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, you're doing t- I was doing towel pull-ups because I didn't have yeah. uh, over the pull-up rig. Oh so, man, that's that's old school. Remember, like uh, all those FAQs on CrossFit.com that were like. Uh, what if I don't have a rower? How to make your med ball? Yeah. How to make, yeah, how to make them, in the oven? How to make rings in the <laughs> oven? What if I don't have a rower? Do a sumo deadlift high pull for, for every rep. Reps. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. Man, horrible. I have an idea. Give yourself a rap. Yeah. <laughs> Man, those were the days. Do you, do you think had it not been Chris, you would have changed your careers and be a coach right now? Oh, did. If it had not been Chris, absolutely, I'd still be doing something else. Do a lot of people know your previous career as a teacher? Uh, or in the- I don't. I don't think so. I mean, so we've talked about it a little bit on our podcast, but that's only like ten people, so yeah. they might not know that. Had it on lockdown, and uh, some people at the gym know, but it's been a long time now since I've worked there. Yeah. Did you finish your your pilot's license, Doug? No, still going. Yeah, you're gonna fly over to Florida. We're pilot licensing Ladies as we speak. from the flight deck. From the, uh, this is Captain Doug speaking. <laughs> <laughs> Temperature our destination is a balmy 24 degrees Celsius. That is 100% humidity. 78 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm. <laughs> we'll be arriving on time. Wow. In the meantime, go ahead and sit back, relax, enjoy the hospitality of our there. Salt Lake City-based of flight the crew. Best flight attendants in the world. That's all I practice. Which is Jay. not true because not every flight attendant can be the best in the world. No, they're not. Yeah. How much time do you two spend together? Mm. Uh, I mean, we see each other every day. Yeah, every day. Yeah. All right. So let, let, can we dive into a little bit of coaching? Yes, please. Let's Flight coach. attendant humor is amazing. But <laughs> yes. Let's, let's talk a little bit about coaching. You, Chris, you started before anything was out there on .com. And nowadays, it's a lot easier to research. And you have all these specialty courses. And you can take, you know, courses online how yeah. did you do, how did you develop as a coach well I, as a coach I mean <laughs> I took my level one so I started off by training like in the global gym I tried taking like one of the other standard certifications and honestly it was like a video course and an open book test and I did some personal training which was really unsatisfying um was it wasn't really coaching so that was kind of my first step I learned a lot from college and like coaching wrestling because we used to have, like we were forced to coach kids um, wrestling camps every summer, which was really cool. And we learned a lot about coaching there. But as far as CrossFit, you know, it really started with just looking at videos um, on CrossFit.com. And then I went and got my level one, obviously, in 2007. Where did you do that? At Golden State Highway Patrol, Doug. That's where yeah. I did mine. Yeah. Jay, where was yours? My first level one was in Toronto. There we go. Wow. Like the first one on the East Coast. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the start, you know? And then from there, I just remember thinking like, I I remember being at my level one thinking, you know, for me, there was Annie Sakamoto, Eva T, guy Brandon, that no one, (laughs) Brandon Gilliam. Yeah. Backwards. Backwards. Remember that? Yeah. You and him doing air squats to a... Oh no, that's, that was is that Zach. Zach. Yeah, Zach Pine. But Brandon was there, Castro was there, Nicole was there, Pat Sherwood was there. I mean, like names from the past, you know. But I remember watching a lot of them lecture and teach and doing stuff, being like, "That's what I want to do." 
Like that's, and that kind of got the wheels turning. Did, did you decide, right? I mean, for me, I showed up, coach was there, same people was around the same time yeah. you went. And I was like, I want to do this. How do I, how do I be here? Yeah. And I, I think you and I were at our level two together in early 2008 in Santa Cruz. Yeah. yeah. So was that a decision you made right then or were you content with going about your career? No, I, I think that like at that moment, I had already like decided that I was going to, it was crazy. I was either on the fence with opening like a mobile bike repair shop, like getting a big trailer, you know, and like having a bike shop out because I was a bike mechanic at the time is either going to be that or um, pursue CrossFit. And I kind of was like on the fence, but I made the dive to do the CrossFit thing. And then like the level one really solidified it because that, that was the push to be like, okay, I'm going to start to try to open my own affiliate. Um, but once I was there for sure, there was kind of like no turning back at that point. And I even think I, I don't know if it was, I think it was at my level one. I, I even remember like talking to either Dave or Nicole or somebody and being like, Hey, I, I want to do what you guys do. You know, I want to do this. And then I was at the level two with you. Oh, gosh, I mean, it was less than six months later. Cause I think that was in like January, right. Or February. Yeah, it was early 2008. You were there. Yeah. Uh, Tosh was there. Yep. How, how you guys passed that, no one knows. I think the three of us were probably the only three from that level two. It was crazy. People were coming down the stairs crying. <laughs> totally, just total devastation. Trails of Left tears. Left and right. <laughs> Nicole hiding behind her white sunglasses all weekend long. It's like, dang. The tears. The, the worst feedback you can get is when you walk up the stairs and Pat Sherwood's like, well, how do you think you did? And you're just like... <laughs> I don't know. Can you tell me? Could you you tell me? Until right then, I thought I did well. (laughs) (laughs) I've heard the story from Dave Castro that at your level one, he was like, watch that dude. Because you were posting scores online. Yeah. Is that a true story that he was like, check that guy out and see if he's legit? I don't know how true that was because Dave never said that to me. But I do know that the workout we did, we didn't do Fran. We did 10 minutes. This is horrible. I did this for, this is old.com programming. We did 10 minutes, AMRAP 10 minutes, 10 65 pound thrusters and 10 pull-ups. <laughs> I mean, horrible. Worst, so bad. And I remember, <laughs> I remember. I remember not being able to use my arms <laughs> or legs for two weeks. Right. So I remember like going into that thinking like, man, maybe I can get 10 rounds that's like kind of absurd that's a hundred of each in 10 minutes you know and i remember um i think it was pat said that like you know i started off and all these guys were like check this guy out like there's no way he's gonna keep that pace but i kind of did you know and that is where i think it like clicked and brandon at the same level one we were doing like the ghd remember how he used to teach us the ghd yeah like in the station rotation, I was doing that. And Brandon even was like, Hey, he's like, where do you work out, man? And I was like, Oh, just like a globo gym. And he's like, it was funny. He's like, you're way too tough to work out at a globo gym. You should work out in your garage, man. <laughs> I was like, well, I don't have any stuff. <laughs> How much did you weigh at that level one? Chris? Oh my gosh. Uh, 132, 135 pounds. Wow. Maybe. What was the heaviest you wrestled in college? 141. So you were wrestling up then a weight class for that? Yeah, that was up. I was I was light for that, real light for that. 
What was your final college record in wrestling? Yeah, I don't even know. That's a great question. I don't know. I never you really paid guess. attention to it. Yes, I honestly, I bet I was like 50, 50. Like I wasn't, I wasn't a phenom, you know. Mine was zero and zero. <laughs> so never lost, undefeated. Better than yours. <laughs> did you did you ever qualify for the uh, NCAA? Yeah, actually in Albany. Oh, you um, went. That was what two thousand one. No, yes, two thousand two. Kale Sanderson finished his yep. uh, career there. Huh? You got it. I was there because Kale and I were the same year. Um, and I was two matches away from being an All-American. That was like one of the many things that I've tried to do, but never achieved. <laughs> Chalk that one up. It's, it's, yeah. it's in your past now. That's probably too late. To... Yeah. How, how much of a role did wrestling play in your CrossFit career, both as an athlete as a, and as a coach? Oh, it was massive. I mean, I think on, like I said, my first exposure to being coached and, and coaching was wrestling. Um, and like learning how I tick with athlete or with a coach and what their personality is like, how well they communicate, um, watching them as athletes that just carried right over into CrossFit, you know, obviously like the sport of CrossFit for sure. I, I think wrestling is harder than CrossFit. So it was a good, a good transition. Um, and then as far as the coaching, it was just, uh, I think because I had done quite a bit of it in college it came like a little bit naturally to me watching human movement and understanding a little bit about body mechanics and, you know, wrestling is a lot like that. So, um, the like seeing movement seemed to kind of come naturally to me. How fast could you pin Doug? I mean, I do outweigh him by guy. like 65 pounds. There's uh, no way you would beat him though, Doug. He would I, no, are you uh, kidding me? Beat him? I think less than a minute, less than a minute pinned. Yeah. Have Who's you guys, gonna, have you ever wrestled? No, no, no. I mean, like there've been like, no. And, and here's the thing no. is I know zero about wrestling and I'm not big enough to just out strengthen. <laughs> if I was like, like weird strength though, I think it does. Do okay. Power cleans the Karis. If I was like six, three, two twenty, you, I, I have a problem. I'd break you in half, but <laughs> Yeah. Oh, look at him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did you, what did you play growing up, Doug? What was your sport? Hockey, baseball. Was it ice hockey or field hockey? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> did you, Jason, did you know that ice, uh, I, uh, that field hockey is a sport that people play? Well, it's Don't. a female sport, no? <laughs> oh, no, there's dudes that knows? play it, too. Yeah, it's yeah, international. Yeah, it's I international. was just clarifying whether it was ice or field hockey. He didn't like that. <laughs> I was just watching a documentary on cricket. That sport is wow. fascinating. Yeah. It's I wonder if biggest, it's more popular than ice hockey. It's the, Maybe. Probably. The world championships in cricket get nine times what the Super Bowl gets. I don't doubt it. Wow. I mean, they come from countries wow. where there are lots of people. Like yeah. billions. In, and India the, and all that. Can last yeah. like five days. What? 972 wickets on the day for Chris Spiller. No way. Oh, yeah. <laughs> really? The matches can go for days. That sounds terrible. Yeah. Like really boring. Well, but, when you... But when you both think back on your careers in in field hockey or wrestling, <laughs> is there that thought like, man, if I knew CrossFit and I knew more about nutrition, I could have been an All-American or I could have been so much better? Yes. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Although, like, I will say this, though. Yes, I know I, I would have been better, but 
we worked so hard that I almost think it didn't matter what we did. We worked so hard. We would do like ridiculous stuff in the weight room. And I almost think at some point it's like, you have that mentality and that work ethic, like it's going to carry over. Now the question is like, if you plug in, you know, kind of like CrossFit will say like the magics and the movements, if you plug that in, gosh, I don't know what happens then. So about your coaching career, what for each of you has been your biggest coaching failure? Hmm. Like day every day, Doug wakes up. I know mine. What? You, you want to go? Yeah, you go ahead. My biggest coaching failure. Uh, oh, man. Trying to get on seminar staff initially was really hard for me. What was, was that like? For, what did you say was hard? What was that like for you? Uh, I remember that. What was it like? I remember I had never really had to practice anything. I don't know. Practice isn't the right word. I worked really hard to try to be good at it, at the like at the specific at the skill specific of being sk- a level one coach. Yes, because yeah. I don't know if you've ever talked about this on your podcast, Jay, but it's like uh, it's a specific thing. You have to be a great coach, teach, see, and correct, do all the stuff really well. You have to have the intangible things. Um, I've described it to people before as, you know, not because I'm in the pilot world, but right now, but as being a pilot. And let's say you can fly a small propeller plane, right? You're like, yeah, I know about planes and I know the terminology and all that stuff. And then you show up and they put you in front of a plane that you've never flown before. And they tell you that you've got to have it at a certain place at a certain time and someone's evaluating you do it, that's really hard. There's nothing that you can do to replicate that either. Yes. And so if you guys don't know the process to, you know, become a a seminar staff member, at least when I did it, was you basically apply. They tell you whether they're interested in you or not. Uh, You send them a resume, et cetera. In uh, this case, Chris and Eric vouched for me. And then you basically show up and they call it interning. You show up and show your wares essentially for free. Yeah. Uh, you show them pay what you your way. pay your way, show them what you've got. And they either tell you if they're interested or they're not interested. And that process was really hard for me. Yeah. Normally, like I remember back then it was kind of by the fourth internship, people would kind of know, like yeah. get the yay or nay. Yeah. But I, I think you did seven, right? I mean, I did, I had like had to, I had to come back a lot of times to do it. And so it wasn't ultimately a failure, but there were times in there where I felt like I had completely failed. So I have two questions to follow up. One is what did you do every time you came back to develop? And then how hard was it to come back knowing, you know, you worked with Chris and Eric at the time, right? Eric, you know, Eric O'Connor, who's also on the seminar staff. Yep. So how hard was that to come back and just be like, man, I'm not as good as you guys. Yeah. I mean, that was probably the part that made it the hardest, you know, ego smashing. Like, uh, cause you go off to do this thing and this could be any other thing in anyone's life, but you go off and people are like, Oh, that's cool. You're going to do this thing. Good luck. And then because people are friendly and they care and they want to know, they're going to ask you like, Oh, how did that go? 
well, I didn't make it. Yeah. Like, oh. <laughs> Sorry. Right? It's like people who casually follow the CrossFit game stuff and years that Chris didn't make it to the game. Like, hey, how'd that go? Yeah. Hey, are we going to the CrossFit games? Like, no. Nope. Actually, I'm not. Didn't make it. Yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty hard. What was the follow-up question? What did I do? So every time you, I was the same way, it took me quite a few internships to get on and I'd come back and you, you come back and you want to develop, but then you get back to the box and it's hard to replicate. So what did you do? Yeah. So I practiced, you know, we talk about this in, um, in other areas, this relates to coaching too. When you know the test, you train the test, right? When you know the events of the CrossFit games, you train the events of the CrossFit games. So what I did was I tried to recreate those things. I took the small groups at the level one seminar, tried to recreate them with members at our gym or people that I didn't know. I practiced how I was going to deliver the material by setting up medicine balls in a room and just teaching them how to do a movement without anybody actually moving. Um, to I develop. remember even evaluating you, like standing yep. there with a, yep. a clipboard, you know? Yep. I would set up uh, in my living room just pieces of furniture. I'd kick off both my shoes and then like teach my ottoman and my shoes how to air squat. And I would take little cards, um, like an index card, and I would write their name on it on one. And then on the other one, I would write the, the faults that they had. So I could practice like, that's pretty good job there, Doug the ottoman. I want you to drive your knees out really hard. I could practice like delivering cues and across the circle. <laughs> Shoes, you're looking good. <laughs> Shoes, right shoe, looking good. <laughs> Always knew you had it in you. <laughs> oh, so I would do that. I did that a lot. What did you do to celebrate when you got? Well, first of all, who hired you? Who was the flow master that said you got the green uh, light? Um, it wasn't a flow. It was Austin Begeeving, and he wasn't flowing at the time. Wow, Austin Begeeving. Oh, because he was like your, yeah, I was, was assigned, like, I was assigned to gotcha. him. He was like the head trainer or whatever. for you. E- Even like, though he was in the flow that weekend, you were interning under him. Yeah, I was interning under him. Um, but, you know, that's like, who did I go through? I had, did Chris or Eric had to turn you down at any point? No. No, they, they, didn't, they, didn't didn't assi- us, yeah, they didn't assign me Just to them it. at all. Like, uh, you know, maybe one for the first one. The first one you just watch. You don't really do anything. You just observe maybe for that. But then I had like, you know, Nadia was in there. Russell Berger was in there. Joe DeGain was in there. Yeah. Matt Chan was in there. But yeah, it it was hard. How different was your journey to get on staff, Chris? Oh, the, the, the day they're handing out shirts and they just gave one to Chris. <laughs> Get out of here. I think they gave him one at the level two, actually. Yeah, they're like, hey, oh, here you go. I do you stairs. want, would he you like to show up and, and it teach? It was different. And the, I do remember, like, I did tell them, you know, that I was really interested. And I think I had even emailed them, you know, like, hey, this is what I want to do. I told them I'm level one. And um, when I opened my affiliate, I, I remember actually even, like, it's such a different time. I remember talking to Nicole and asking her questions about like opening the affiliate and stuff like that. So I had established a little bit of a relationship there with them. So they knew I wanted to be on staff. And when I was at my level two um, and I got graded, it it was actually really cool. They, uh, you know, gave me the feedback and then right there, they were like, Hey, we would like to extend an invite for you to be on staff with us. And I was like, heck yeah. So I think maybe 
I want to say four weeks later, I taught my first level one in, uh, I think Mesa, Arizona at a fire department. Now, I don't want to say that it's, I was better than you or you were better than me, <laughs> but, it's, it's, but it's different. very different. The process was different. And it does speak to how good people have gotten at coaching. Oh, yeah. They didn't have, when I was there, they didn't have internships. I mean, the internship was like, you got invited and you better do your job really well. Yeah. And I remember at my first level one, no one told me how long the squats group was going to be. So I just taught it like at our level two, which, you know, level four or whatever it is now. So I taught the squats in 10 minutes. And then the front squat, and like, I finished like 20 minutes early. What are you guys still doing? I'm done. Yeah. I was like, what's happening here? I'm going to go ahead and take a break. And I just remember Dave was really cool. And he walked up and he's like, hey, just make sure you, you know, take up the entire time next time. But you know, Dave, like when he says that, he was like, you could kind of tell that he was like, that was your one chance. Don't ever do that again. Like without saying it. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, I fixed it. I mean, we evaluate people now, you know, like uh, interns show up to to be on seminar staff or try yeah. to be on seminar staff. And I think in my head, like, you're pretty good and not slanderous to anybody that I've evaluated. Like, you're pretty good and there are thousands of you. And yeah. we're looking for people who are, like, really, really good. Yeah. So, so what can people do right now? I mean... The, the biggest thing I hear from people leaving is like, okay, I've come to my level one. Now what? They come back to their level two and most people aren't getting any feedback between their level one and level two. Yeah. Then after that, if they do pass their level three and they want to intern, they're still not getting feedback. So they're yep. very stagnant. What do you yes. guys recommend to develop as a coach? Our, we were like a little bit lucky or you were a little bit lucky because like Eric and I, you know, at the time we're flow masters and we would tell Doug straight up, like, yeah. here's what you need to work on. Here's what you should do. Yeah. You know, cause a lot of those things, like I even did like set up med balls and put names on them to remember names and things. And like, I had Eric do that. Like those are all just like makeshift type things. But I think it boils down to two things. One is like, how much are you actually coaching class? Yes. Like, do you coach four classes a week or do you coach four classes a day? And if you coach four classes a week, you're only going to be as good as four classes a week. That's what, 16 classes in a month? So you think at 16 hours a month, you're going to be a professional coach. It's just not enough time. Mm -hmm. So one is teach a lot of classes. And two, you have to be like, even if there's no one around to give you feedback, you have to be hungry to get creative on ways to give yourself feedback. Videotape yourself, um, coaching a class do free small groups so that you can hone your skills and watch other coaches online or in another box that are better than you and take their cues and and use them, throw out the ones that don't work well. Like it's just a constant choice to be good. I I say this at uh, seminars sometimes as well. It's easy to get cheap hours in the gym. Even if you're coaching a lot, you coach, you know, you own the gym and you coach every class and you're working uh, five classes or six classes or more a day. And when you come, when people come in, you explain the workout and you shoot your six guns and you're nice to be around, you start the clock and no one actually gets any coaching. Th- those hours are worthless. Yeah. That's not, you're not like a, a facilitator. That's part of your job. Absolutely. But your main job is to teach, see, and correct people. 
and the resources are out there. It's not like a, it's not like you can't find great advice about teaching or great advice about how and where to look or great cues to use. You can, you guys can find that info out there, but you actually have to try to do it. Yeah. Every time, arguably, every class. there's more, there's more information out there than never before, ever before. Yes. Like when we were doing it, the information was like, it didn't exist. You yeah. know, it was like us showing up and learning it and creating it. So gosh, if ever there was a time to have resources, now is it. So you have the resources. You have to stay, especially if you're the only one there, stay motivated to try to do that every time. It's got, you got to do it at 5.15 in the morning. You got to do it on rainy days, on days you're sick, on days that you don't want to be there with people that you like, with people that you don't like. You have to be pro every time. And if you're not, those hours are just, in my opinion, a bit wasted. And here's the thing, like if, even if, if you go through that process, right, and your dreams to coach on seminar staff and you don't make it and you own an affiliate, you are probably a better coach than anyone else around you. Because let's be honest, how many people try to take that approach as a coach? Probably not many. Not many. You know, so like even if you don't make it, you just serve your community better. You're going to be a better affiliate, a better coach for it. You're going to be able to teach people. You're going to be able to groom other coaches better. It's kind of a win-win. Even if you don't have a lot of work. any aspirations of being on CrossFit seminar staff, you just want to run a gym that gets people the goods and yeah. that do that. Do that. Did you hold Doug to a higher standard as a coach knowing he wanted to be on staff? I don't think I held Doug to a higher standard like as a coach at the gym. I think I know <clears throat> that everybody's got like their own personality, right? And everyone's got their own style. And I like to try to let them be themselves. I think that's part of the unique thing about a coach and an affiliate is, you know, I can teach a class one way and the experience people have with Doug, although like there's some black and white stuff that happens there, it could be like a totally different experience for them just because of his personality or coaching style. So I try to let that be. Um, but I do remember like that time I remember like texting Doug on Saturday nights and be like, how'd day one go? You know, and you're like, oh, I think it went okay. I'm not sure. And, you know, and ended day two, like, how'd it go? Uh, told me to come back. And I just remember feeling bad for him because I could see like the, the devastation when he came back on Monday morning. You know, it was on his face. And so I think a lot of it was just trying to like find the balance of, how do I help Doug get better without, you know, turning him off to the whole thing? Like, how do you encourage someone like that without pushing too much where other, like other coaches, um, if they're not as driven maybe like, don't do this, but I like to like, see what people are really invested in. So if someone tells me like, Hey, Chris, I'm interested in coaching classes. I'll be like, all right, cool why don't you come on in and shadow a couple classes? And they're like, great. If they never show up, I'm like, cool. They'll never coach here because they're not invested. So I like to see what they want to do, how much they care. And then that often kind of turns into how much more I invest back in them. So as a box owner, where do you find that balance of, I want to grow my business, but I also want my coaches to develop. Um, you know, truthfully, we don't do a ton of coaches development at our gym. Um, we've kept our coaches 
team really small for a reason. There's me, Eric, Doug. Uh, we've all been coaching at the gym for 10 years or more. Mm-hmm. Kenzie, who has been there for nine years. Yeah, a long time. Um, there is Chelsea, who she's been with us for a year, but has previous coaching experience at another gym for probably four or five years. Um, Nick has been with us for three or four years. And Ryan's been with us for probably five or six, five Maybe years, six. six years. Yeah. So like we try to keep it really small so that we can slowly groom those coaches over time. And as we do that, we just give them more responsibilities, more classes, you know, the, the opportunity to teach more one-on-ones. I really like the small coach team dynamic because I think it forces or at least allows people to actually have like a professional job where they just do that. I personally think it's a mistake when affiliates have, you know, 150 members and they've got 15 coaches and 12 of them are like doing it for free, just like as an exchange, you know, well, Hey, I'll coach three classes this week for you for a free membership. Great. It's like, that's cool and all, but those people, not to be rude, it's just, they're, they're not, that's not their profession. It's, it would be like, you know, it's like what any other thing that I would do now just for fun, you know, and that's a different, that's a different thing. So we try to keep that dynamic really tight at CrossFit Park City. That's unusual to have so many coaches for so long though. What are you guys doing well that you're allowing that to happen? So one, I think we're lucky. (laughs) I think there's definitely a stroke of luck there. Um, Two, we've really tried to create opportunities to where coaches can actually make like a living because you can only teach so many classes. Um, And truthfully, if all you do is teach classes, you're you're probably not going to make enough money to make like a a living that most people would be looking for. you know, to support a family, go on vacation once a year kind of thing. So we've tried to create the opportunity for guys like Doug to own and run, move high school athletic strength and conditioning program. Uh, Kenzie runs and owns Spark, which is kind of like a boot camp. Um, Eric's done some stuff with CrossFit Kids in the past. We really try to foster like one-on-one clientele for them. all these guys, all, all of my trainers do way more one-on-ones than I do. I rarely do them and they do way more than me. And that is that culture, I think really creates the opportunity for them to actually make a living and be invested beyond, Hey, I just teach classes here. What, what do you guys think is the number of classes someone can effectively coach in a day regularly? How many hours a day, like uh, group classes? Yeah. How many can you do effectively? I mean, on what? This is like over a month? Because like, you give me a week, I can do five a day for a week, but then I need some time off. Right. So, you know, this is your full-time job because like Chris is saying, you need to have these other sources of income, be it one-on-one where it's not taking as much effort and energy per hour. But some of these, some people are trying to coach six, seven, eight hours a day. What's I, I used to say four. Like if you're coaching three, three, three or four. I was gonna say four, like two, like no more than two back to back. And if you have like a break in the day, you know, like two morning, two evening, mm-hmm. I think that's reasonable. Yeah. It's not easy, but I think it's reasonable. Off off the coaching topic, what are what's the most unusual habit each of you have? Oh man. 
unusual habit. I'll tell you, Chris's. Uh, it, yeah, maybe we can do like do newly, have one? newlywed game style. Yeah, newlyweds. Yeah. <laughs> newly <laughs> <laughs> Except we're not newlyweds. I remember that That's good. What's mine? Do I have a weird habit? Chris consistently and nearly constantly picks at his hands. Oh, yeah. I do that. I do <laughs> well, that a lot. Picks the, like, picks the funky skin off his hands. And where does yeah. he put it? Like in the tra- oh, in the trash can? No. Throw it on the floor. Throw it on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I do that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's you, good call. Are you still good tearing call. up your, your hands after all these years? No. No, it's, I'm it's like, not it's that. Not so it's bad. not that it's they're. Not, no, those look. He's not that they look fine yeah. over the <laughs> Zoom call. <laughs> they're a little dry, but, but they're, they're they get all dry, and he'll like peel wholesale, cat like full callus. Yeah, off. like city blocks get, off like, of a his strip hands, like that long. What? Speak on that. What's the worst rip you've ever had? Oh, is that the games? Probably the at the pyramids. Games. Quadruple. Yeah, the mega Helen. I've made the mistake of grabbing the kettlebell that had been roasting in the sun for four hours. <laughs> and I, yeah, proceeded to just sear my hands off with that thing. Man, That's I know you really well, Chris. Hand yeah, picking. I know. I know your worst rip. Okay. Let me think Where of like a- is the craziest place you two have made whoopee? No, Doug and I? Doug and I? <laughs> Well, I can't. I'm not comfortable discussing that, Jason. What is Doug's unusual habit? Doug's unusual habit. Um, I don't tell me. I'm trying to think. It's I'm not trying to think. Of it's mine. not very unusual, I would say, but it's something that he does frequently um, when he is either like morning, usually <laughs> earlier in the morning, or if you're not feeling well, mm-hmm. he frequently does this like. <clears throat> Yeah. Like a little. Yeah. A little little throat clear. Yeah. It's like a frequent and it's kind of a weird, like it's got a weird thing going on. It's like, yeah, you got some kind of like hiccup thing in the back there. Yeah. It's like phlegm. Yeah. That I would say that's like a frequent. Yeah. Yeah. Accurate. Daily basis. Allergies or phlegm or snot, or maybe I just don't want to talk to people. (laughs) So I just do that. So both of your unusual habits are gross. Yes. <laughs> yes. Oh, actually, mine is uh, excellence. It's just my unusual <laughs> habit is just being amazing. <laughs> Continual habit of learning new oh, languages. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's unusual. What books do you guys recommend the listeners check out? Any any wow. criteria? No, not necessarily regarding coaching, but I always like to find out what books the guests recommend. You know what I would actually suggest, and I don't have any specific ones, but I've been trying to do some digging to figure out at least some, is as an affiliate owner, I would definitely check out some books on leadership. Um, that's something really hard for me. I know I struggle with that a lot, largely because I think most affiliates are probably like this. Um, everyone, because everyone at our gym has been around for so long, they're all my friends. So there's a difficult balance of being like boss and friend. And I don't think anyone really thinks of me as their boss, but there are times where I have to like make sure people get their crap done. And I'm not very good at that because it's hard for me to find that balance. So I would definitely dig into like a leadership book for sure. Has there, has there been a moment between you two? So I had Connor Murphy on yesterday and he was talking about, I said, what was the biggest fight you've ever had with Austin? You know, and in oh, retrospect, yeah, yeah. he laughs about it. And it's funny, but 
did you guys have you guys had a fight where Chris just had to lay it down and be like, I'm the boss and this is why? No. No. Doug's just such a great employee. I mean, and <laughs> I, 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 to I our credit, it's not like we're married or anything. We just <laughs> spend a lot of time together. Yeah, outside the gym. Like outside fitness stuff too. Yeah. Yeah. But to our credit, you know, I think I'm pretty I, I don't know. I think I'm pretty receptive to feedback and I like to think that I know the things that I don't do well. Yeah. And Chris is very straightforward. And I'm, uh, it, and our styles go, I'm, I can be not so straightforward sometimes. And I'm learning to be that a little bit more, but Chris has a very good way of just laying it out there. And it not being personal, so it doesn't really lead to arguments. What, what yeah. do you guys spend your time doing out, outside of fitness? Long walks on the beach. <laughs> uh, we like to read poetry to each My other. Ties in the hot tub. <laughs> Riding dirt bikes. We're going up to Idaho City next weekend. Uh, no, not next weekend, on Friday. On Friday. We're going to pretend like we know how to race dirt bikes, and yeah. we're going to go into a race and treat it more like an organized ride. And yeah. uh, hope to finish. Mostly riding dirt bikes and skiing. Yeah. yeah. I'm so, going to fly a plane. Fitness uh, stuff. Fitness stuff. But yeah, applying it. Not yeah. inside the box. Yeah. And what was your book, Doug? Uh, books. Describe books. Is this where lots of words, <laughs> top to bottom, yeah, left, left to right? right. Yeah. Hmm, books. I don't spend a lot of time reading. I'll be honest. Right now, my reading is textbook. For the, to, for the pilot's for the, license? For the pilot stuff, because I just have to read a lot of textbook stuff. Um, I don't know if I'd have a like a fantastic coaching book that I recommend. I do have a book I've read called Conscious Coaching, which is a good book. Hmm. Um, just because his name came up this morning, I have a, a book that I looked at yesterday by a guy named Mike Boyle. He's super fantastic uh, strength and conditioning guy. It's like Neither functional movements. Go ahead. Neither one of you recommended Spiel, a David and Goliath story. <laughs> no, well, I can't really do that, Jason. I mean, that's like, I feel like that's not fair. Never read it. And it's also just like a story. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's going to be a better coach from that book, but yeah. Okay. Is there anything that wasn't in that book that you would want to share that didn't make the cut? So you're your co-author is editing my, but she edited my oh, cool. new book that's coming out. She's uh, great. She's the best. Yeah. Was there anything that just didn't make the cut that you would have liked to share that? Mm, no, no. The, I mean, I think I was pretty like transparent through that whole thing. I don't, I'm trying to think of it. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, yeah, I'm just glad Jason Khalifa threw the softball after me. Because <laughs> no one remembers how bad I threw it then. <laughs> All right. Well, in, in wrapping up, where can everybody check every? You guys have so much out there aside from the podcast. Mm. You've got Icon Athlete. Yep, that's got, where Doug's doing the master's programming there, and I'm doing the rest of it. Yep. Mm -hmm. Grunt work with Andy. Yep. You got it. Yep. And anything else? Anywhere else they can check you out? Really, that's it. Iconathlete.com. Gruntworkout.com. Your D Zacaris never post on Instagram. 
That's and right. I'm CC. That's how you gain followers, Jay. That's right. Is you just never post. Leave like them always. Leave them wanting more. Isn't that, isn't that how high schoolers do it now? They post it and then delete it. Yeah, post like, and cool delete. They have accounts like Snapchat. Like on it. Might delete later. What yeah. are you, what's next for you, Chris? He's competing after this Rogue Invitational. No, that that was you know really just for fun. Um, and it was super super great to be out there with those guys. But you know really. Um, a lot's going on at the gym in regards to kind of future projects. So we've got that going on and, um, that's going to be eating up a bunch of my time and, uh, I've got some events with the mountain meltdown going on, which is just like a super fun community type, like 5k with CrossFit workouts tossed in. So that's happening through the summer. And then, uh, maybe a road trip to Canada with the family, take them in the van, pull on Clark Griswold. You guys actually program for a competition down here at Thunderdome. Yeah, yeah. yeah so sure. those, are, those are my buddies running it, so they're excited oh, cool. to have your, uh, I think you have like a 600-meter run and a clean and jerk programmed in there, some other yeah. things going on. So Yeah, I'm excited. Really cool. Well, it was great chatting with you guys. Thanks for coming on. You guys are the best. I'm, I'm impressed with your relationship that you <laughs> have together because I've had some partners and coworkers that, after all those years, it's a little, it's a struggle, but you guys seem to, to hold it together well. Would you like to name them? Thanks, <laughs> Maybe we could talk about off. that. You can list them on the screen they're, at the bottom. They're, in the, they're in the book. They're in the book. <laughs> That's great. So, thank you guys for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Jay. See you soon. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. Take a moment. Head over to the Apple Podcast app or Spotify or Google or whatever you use and leave us a review. It really means a lot to us and it's what allows us to spread the word. Also, share this with your friends, your family, your coworkers. Tell everybody at the box to listen to Best Hour of Their Day and let us know what we can do to provide you a better experience. Do you have topics you want us to talk about, people you want us to interview? We are here for you, the community. We're here to give back, and we hope you've enjoyed this episode of Best Hour of Their Day.